Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. Hey everyone, welcome back to another Fruit Snacks. Today we're going to continue the conversation about spiritual beings, specifically the good guys. And on Monday's episode, we discussed a group in scripture that are known by various names, the sons of God, the divine council, the assembly or the holy ones, as they're sometimes referred to. And we talked about their role and that they are basically some of the most high-ranking spiritual beings because they're given uh, direct roles and responsibilities and participation in some of the key decisions within the heavenly realm. And we see this illustrated throughout the Old Testament. But I want to talk about another group today, the cherubim and the seraphim, because they are often mischaracterized as angels, as types of angels. But the fact is that that is not what they are. They are something altogether different. And in order to really understand what they are and the purpose that they serve, we need to get our head in the space of ancient Near Eastern thinking and really just ancient thinking in general. When you had a king or a ruler or a regent, you had a sort of way that you would go about interacting with that king. And there was a a process, there was a a throne room, there was security, there were gates that you passed through. And eventually, if you were approved of, if you were expected, you could enter into the king's direct presence. But that wasn't something that anyone could just do. And for a example of, of how this looked and felt out of the Bible, we can look to the book of Esther. Because if you recall, in Uh, Esther's time, even though she was the queen, she could not just walk in to the king's direct presence. And doing so meant that she was running the risk that she might face the death penalty. So there there were limits set in place on who could enter into the king's presence or not. And it's that idea that's going to help us understand the role that the cherubim and seraphim play because they were essentially security for the throne room and the immediate space of God. So I hate to burst the bubble here that cherubs are these little cupid babies that fly around with little wings and shoot arrows. That is not what cherubs or cherubim are, and no ancient person would have conceived of them in that way. Rather, cherubim were the guards or the guardians of God's sacred space. And we can look right in scripture and see examples of this. The first one would be in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, when Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. What does God do? He places a cherub there, a cherubim with a flaming sword as the guardian to make sure that they never re-enter Eden. He is guarding the entrance to the place where God is, and they're not allowed in anymore because 
they have lost their they've lost their invitation basically by sinning. And so they were kicked out and a guardian cherub ensured that they didn't re-enter. In Exodus 25, if we look at the description of the Ark of the Covenant and how it's constructed within the holiest place of the temples, you'll recall that on top of the mercy seat, which is the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, there were two twin cherubim who were carved into the Ark of the of the covenant and who faced each other and their wings covered over the mercy seat and the mercy seat. And we see in other language in the old Testament is described as a place where God's throne is. It's basically his footstool. And so picture this idea that if God is supposed to be sitting on top of the mercy seat, then what is between a person walking up to the mercy seat and God it would be these cherubs, right? And so they are once again pictured as sort of security in, in this way. And actually cherubs were engraved and, and used with imagery all throughout the temple because the temple was sacred space and they were the guardians of that sacred space. In 1 Samuel 4.4, 4, in 2 Samuel 6.2, and in 2 Samuel 22.11, we see language that God is literally enthroned upon cherubim. And so this picture that we get in Exodus 25 with the Ark of the Covenant is not just some uh, imagery. It is a depiction of what the Hebrews actually believed about God, that these cherubs were immediately within God's presence. They were uh, not only with him at all times as his basically security, but also they were the ones who were bringing him to places, almost like secret service and the president. They were winged because of the descriptions that we get and the things that we read about in Exodus 25. And they're also described as large beasts. They're not human or particularly human in their appearance. If we look at other ancient descriptions of them, as well as the physical description that we see of them in Ezekiel 1, uh, because Ezekiel describes seeing cherubs, they have multiple characteristics of all kinds of different members of creation and the physical realm from different animals, including humans, but they look nothing like us. And they're also quite large. And so, I mean, imagine one of these things blocking the entrance to the Garden of Eden you're not going to try and sneak past it. You're not going to mess with it. If you want to get a, a picture of how the ancients conceived of cherubs, you can look at another culture, the Assyrians, because most ancient cultures had this concept, actually, which is fascinating. But if you look up the Assyrian Lamassu, which would be spelled L-A-M-A-S-S-U, I believe, you should be able to find some images of carvings in uh, Assyrian temples and buildings. And you'll see this idea that these were large beasts with all kinds of different features and they were guarding the throne room. Now, as far as seraphs or seraphim, we find far less biblical support, but they're also an interesting, uh, an interesting kind of being. Their name literally means burning ones. And they're often described 
as so bright, it's as if they're on fire. And I think that might be the idea here. We only see them mentioned in the Bible really in two places, in Isaiah 6, 2, and just a few verses later in Isaiah 6, 6. Just like the cherubim, they are winged, except they have six wings, apparently. And these are very, very large beings who are also thrown attendants to God. They are flying to and from his throne. They're, they're taking things to and from. They're performing tasks within God's immediate presence. And so these beings, the cherubim and the seraphim, we see that they are created to be in God's presence, and their primary function and role is to be guarding and serving, but they are not part of his council. They, they are never described as being part of the Holy Ones or part of the assembly, but they're there. They're sort of like the, the staff, like I said, the secret service. They're not part of uh, the president's cabinet, but they're always around and they're always there performing their duties. And so we're going to shift later this week to the final group, which is the most well-known. We're going to talk about angels, because once we've covered all this stuff, uh, what's left for angels? Well, quite a lot. So we're going to dive into that in the next couple days. I hope you will join me then. 